You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly celebration and analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, Godzilla returns from the depths to fight his very first monster battle in 1955's Godzilla Raids Again. Hello once again, everybody, to another ravishing edition of the Bondzilla podcast. Ravishing. I don't know. Just, that was the word in my head. What are you taking? You're taking Bondzilla, Bondzilla to prom? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you got your, uh, got your, um, your little, uh, your flower, your, your no, flower uh, thing. Isn't it like the your, winter solstice dance? The, the corpse like season. Sage. Yeah, I guess. Spider the the Spider Man Homecoming is coming up. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. Uh, I am Nick Tedesco, and I am Will, not Tedesco. Yeah, that's true. This time. That is true. And uh, uh, we, we're here. We're the, here for episode four of yeah, the Bonzilla Podcast, A New Hope. <laughs> I wish we were talking about A New Hope today. <laughs> I really do. So last so uh, last week we uh, finished uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Well, well. I guess so. You, you you started going last time, and then you went to the week. All right, last time. Last time. There last time we did uh, the, the, the Bond movie. From Russia. Yeah. With love. And then uh, a little follow-up to that. Nick did come through on his promise by, because uh, what we revealed in that episode was that you- JFK um, died. Well, <laughs> we've, saw, we've cracked the case. <laughs> we know who did it now. <laughs> I think we knew who did it, right? No, I mean, it's still, no one really knows who <laughs> killed JFK. It was Magneto. <laughs> oh, duh. Oh, man, I completely forgot about that. Uh-huh. Um, but no, no, we, you had said that JFK's favorite book was from Russia with or, Love. Well, in his top 10. In his top 10. Yeah. So you had put out, and you it was in the top 10 for Time Magazine. Yes. And then I had said, oh, you should post up the list. And you came through on that I promise. came through on that, yeah. And it sounds like a lot of very boring books. Um, yeah, I think if I remember reading correctly, I think uh, From Russia with Love is the only uh, fiction book on that list. I think the rest are nonfiction uh, biographies and history books. So, uh, very interesting still that like you could allege that uh, uh, JFK's favorite fictional book, like his favorite like story, mm-hmm. was From Russia with Love, which right. I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so we're going back into the so into the uh, Godzilla camp. Uh, last time we talked about the second James Bond movie. This week we are talking about the second Godzilla movie, uh, 1955's Godzilla Raids Again. Um, alternate title, Gigantus, the Fire Monster. I'll, I'll explain why that is. Uh, yeah, uh, a distinct <laughs> lack of a, a Gigantus apparent in the movie, but I'm sure... You have all the info. I have. I have. I have, uh, I have at least two, two uh, pieces, pieces of papers of notes uh, directed by Motoyoshi Oda. Um, you can close that. You can the, close uh, what the the closet. Oh, the closet. <laughs> yeah, it's just bumping into you. You can just shove it. A little behind the scenes, folks. There you go. Hey, okay. it wasn't bothering me, but Will's uh, request will not be denied. <laughs> so, a little bit of housekeeping uh, from the last time uh, we talked about Ooh, Godzilla. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. 
It's not spring cleaning taste and all that, so... No, it's homecoming. Oh. <laughs> um, H- home cleaning? So last time I had I had talked about uh, the Godzilla Roar yeah. last time, and we had talked about um, uh, the creation of it, and I wanted to uh, follow up on that by getting a proper uh, um, explanation of how the Godzilla Roar was achieved. It was actually created by the composer... Uh, Akira Ifakube, uh, by rubbing a resin-covered leather glove along the loose strings of a bass and slowed down, Ooh. and that's how it is. I actually have an example ready, ready for us. Really? If, you, if you would like, if if you will indulge me for a second. Ooh, yeah. Technology. Okay, so here is the example of rubbing the resin glove over the uh, over the bass. Bass. Okay, and compared to the final Godzilla roar. Can you hear the similarities? I can hear the similarities. <laughs> it was a Wow, that was that was a very like college presentation s. It, it was, yeah. Really, what, like when you come up to present to the class, you have your PowerPoint going, you have the audio, and you knew that you needed the <laughs> audio in the file because a lot of people don't think so. They just put the audio in the PowerPoint. They're like, oh, I can just play it, and then they leave the file in their computer, and it doesn't work, and now they get an F. But listen, you, you knew what you were doing, so you get at least a B plus. Listen, just because I made you watch this movie doesn't mean you have to chastise me. Uh, it's all, it's all well, part of. The- I mean, don't. I mean, I, I shouldn't say anything because we'll have some Bond films later down the line that you know uh-huh. aren't, aren't aren't the greatest. But we're getting ahead of ourselves just yeah. a little bit. Um, so um, uh, also, uh, we talked about last time about the different eras of Godzilla. Yeah, um, we talked about the Showa series, the Heisei series, the Millennium series, the reboot series, and the American series. The reason I wanted to bring it up today because now, since we are getting into Godzilla as a franchise, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to talk about the Showa series. So, uh, Godzilla, the original 1954 one, technically started the Showa series, uh, and Showa actually refers to the period of Japan, which is actually 1926 to 1989, the, which is the longest reign of any uh, Japanese uh, emperor, and it is often translated as the period of enlightened peace and harmony, um, even though many people think this is erroneously translated or named because the earlier days of this period were defined by fascism and the invasion of China in 1937. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, World War II did happen during this period. Well, so. that was gonna, I was also going to say it, this was also during a time of major world events such as the Great Depression and World War II. Um, now, none of this became relevant until Godzilla's release in 1954, uh, which we had talked about in detail last time about some of the political uh, going-ons of the world that were influenced into that film. As far as we're concerned, though, the Showa period of the Godzilla movies was 1954 to 1975. Okay. Um, and this era is arguably what defines Godzilla as a whole. Yeah. Um, Seems like it goes on for a while. Yeah. This is, uh, I believe, the the longest period, but also just in general. Um, everything you basically know about Godzilla is in this is in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, anyway. So, going on to the, our, our movie. It's just, uh, it's just well, really quickly. I think it's really just interesting. Because I think we mentioned earlier in the, in the stuff, uh, in our podcast, one of the one of the kind of weird comparisons between the two franchises is that they both have their different eras. You know, with the Bond franchise, we define yeah. it by the different Bonds and how they've kind of 
their movie shift. And I think it's interesting because I didn't really realize, you know, I would think that the bot or the the naming of the eras would come from kind of stylistic things, which I'm sure that that's part of it. Right, but also yeah. that it's related to, you know, the history of Japan and kind of the culture at large, I think is, is a very interesting kind of difference and yeah. dynamic. And I'll be interested to see how that kind of, once we get to a different era of Godzilla, how that kind of uh, compares. So. Well, well, definitely. I mean, after, you know, during at this point in time, like the fascist nature of Japan is uh, definitely diminished at this time. I would, I would um, hope so. So th- with that comes more freedoms. And yes. with freedoms comes the ability to w- make way too many movies that you don't need to make. <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you're speaking to the choir. <laughs> um, okay, so talking about Godzilla Raids again, uh, came out in 1955. So basically the origin of this sequel to Godzilla um, came out of the success of uh, Godzilla in Japan, but more so in America, and then all the producers saw how it basically was received well, did gangbusters in America, as we said last time. Um, Japan was a little bit more iffy about the uh, about the thematics. Uh, thought it was a little too soon with the uh, with the um, yes. uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima events. Um, but essentially, ancient Japanese Twitter was ablaze <laughs> with hot takes. Well, quite literally. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh, we this is becoming very strangely the kind of mocking of uh, very serious events in history podcast. Um, podcast. Uh, so the success of it in America led to uh, them coming back to Japan to make this movie um, with a turnaround of six months <laughs> to make the here's, sequel. Here's another really cool comparison between the two because obviously we, uh, uh-huh. uh, with from Russia with Love, we noted how that's it's very quick turnaround. Yeah, but what was the turnaround from from Russia I mean, with Love? I mean, in terms of it was. A year or so is a little bit more, but yeah. still like relatively quick for the size of movie they were making. Yeah, but but six months is a little ridiculous. That's less than a year. Yes, that's, that, half, that's a half a year. <laughs> that's exactly one half a year. Oh boy, that's I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, that was very very easy to accomplish. Um, and essentially, there's not too much to talk about about the development of what it came of. Of how the movie was created, other than it was essentially a six month <laughs> job, it was a six month turnaround. Um, uh, it was, it was obviously as we'll talk about in the movie, it was designed to be a direct. Uh, uh, yeah, um, it was designed to be a direct sequel. We can see that in such returning characters as the zoologist from the original Gojira movie, Doctor Yomani, who returns to reprise his role in one scene yeah. in uh, in this movie. Um, uh, the director, uh, Motoyoshi Oda, uh, a lot of this is going to start making sense the, the, the more you hear about this. Uh, the director in Japan was known to output five movies a year and was essentially a director that was known to just plug him into whatever <laughs> so he can get it done. Was he like like the... He's the Brett Ratner. The Brett Ratner, yeah. Of, uh, even though like Brett Ratner really only did I was that once. Say, like, the, he's like the <laughs> Asylum Films of... Yeah, yeah, but just making movies. Yeah, see, it's funny because, like, it's interesting because you don't really you don't really hear that happen as often now. Like, you you hear like people like, oh, here's the production of a movie, and we need somebody to come in and just make a date. Right. Like this time was just like it, this. Literally was the epitome of like, all right, we have a budget, we yeah. have a movie, turn it around well, in six months. You, you hear about it still, in in terms of like kind of cheaper direct to video productions. 
uh, just in terms of just let's pump out a couple movies and you know put them on DVD, put them on shelves. You don't really hear that with kind of a major you know studio. And obviously, it's in the sense of like this is just the Godzilla franchise beginning. And mm-hmm. unlike with the Bond stuff, they didn't really have that vision of having all these movies. So uh, I think it's definitely interesting the fact that they just really quickly you know kind of yeah. went into it and. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of starts making sense. Everything that happens in the movie is kind well, of based it, on on kind of that sort of development in, history. In comparison to Bond, like you know, I mean, the Bond Bond franchise has the advantage of it being based off a series. Of that is books. true. That is very true. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, not to make not to make it seem like this movie couldn't be a franchise on its own, which it ended up being. Oh, anyway. no, no, of course not. But th- what is interesting is like when Gojira came out the first time. It's a movie that is was so specific, yeah, in it, what it was. It's so specific and it's so very much stands on its own because mm. it, I mean we'll talk about it sort of how they get around it in the in the when we talk about the movie. But the, the the first movie ends with you know Godzilla getting disintegrated by the the oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where you know you've seen it with franchises happen. You know, later like more modern franchises happen too, where you know that first movie is very much on its own. It stands on its own, and how do you produce it to the point where oh we can keep making these and we can make a series out of these uh, when that first movie is, as you said, so specific as a metaphor and as a film. Right, exactly. Um, and it's it, it, it's interesting because we see this uh, a lot of times with, uh, like I had mentioned this with a lot of recent movies uh, coming out recently, uh, specifically um, a couple years ago. We had well, two big examples I thought about that, um, that are related in this way are the uh, Lego movie, the animated Lego movie, and the Muppet movie that came out in 2010. 2011. 2011. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it was interesting, especially because then that Muppet movie had a sequel, but what I found interesting was like, you know, how do you kind of bounce back from a movie that has such a specific purpose? Yeah. Now, again, the Muppets are a little bit different. Like, you know, nothing's really stopping you from doing whatever you want to with right, them. Right, because it's like each of their sequels have been standalone. Right, as exactly. Well. But like, you know, that Muppet movie was so specifically like, you know, here's the theme and we're back and this is yeah. why it's topical right now. Right. So it's like, how do you bounce back uh, with a sequel? And sometimes uh, in a, uh, with uh, Muppets Most Wanted yeah. uh, was the sequel, you can bounce back with a rather entertaining film. Yeah. Um, in other cases, you don't, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll that in a little bit, yeah. Um, all right, well, one of the biggest things that this movie introduced um, that, once again, like I said, the show is series and the rest of the Godzilla franchise would become known for was the concept of Godzilla fighting another monster. And this yes. is going to be one of my favorite aspects of this podcast, especially talking about Godzilla, um, is you introducing you to more kaiju and seeing what you think of them. Yeah. So in this movie, we are introduced to the first uh, secondary monster in the Godzilla franchise, Angiris, um, also known as Angilus. Yes, that was uh, and like it was like Angus or something like that. They said like, another name in the movie yeah, too. Yeah. It was very confusing because like I I have like it's just from watching you play the Godzilla video game and and just kind of a general you've talked about them before, I kind of, there are, there are knowledgeable things I know about the other monsters. Mm-hmm. So when we saw it in this movie, uh, they, they used the other name. It was like Angasaur or something like that. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think they, this, uh, they do a lot of 
over naming yeah. in this movie, but uh, I think they they do settle on and throughout the rest of the franchise and the lore, it's Anguirus. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was confused because they see, they show the picture in this dinosaur book. Yeah, that's just like a, another <laughs> book of dinosaurs. Right, right. Uh, and I was like, hey, that's Anguirus, and they're like, oh no, it's uh, Angusaur. And I was like, oh well, I guess. Uh, um, either that's a cool fact about its original name, or I'm completely wrong and I don't know anything about my kind too. But it ended up being Angiris. An- Angiris. Uh, Angiris. Uh, to um, uh, describe it to people who aren't familiar with is a uh, quadrupedal, uh, meaning four legs. They- yeah. Thank you. I actually forgot what it meant. No, I didn't. <laughs> this is teamwork. Teamwork. Um, and it's uh, with a with a spiky tail and defined by its spiky kind of like porcupine shelled back. Um, you're welcome to look it up on your uh, phone or tablet. Uh, uh, is a visual aid unless you're driving. Because yes. if you're driving, don't yeah, don't, don't do anything. don't do that. Um, it is uh, in so like as I have it written down right here, as it says in the even in the movie, it was based on the Angulosaurus or the Ankylosaurus uh, for those of you who know your dinosaurs. And in some textbooks, was described the Ankylosaurus was described for some reason. It's kind of weird when I was doing research. It's like, how do you know anything about dinosaur behavior? You really don't, unless no, you. We, we basically, assume, I mean, we we can read their poop, <laughs> so we know like what they ate. That was actually a fact I read when I was in the bathroom at Disney World. Mm-hmm. There's a bathroom that just has poop facts about animals. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and there was stuff about dinosaurs. It's just basically like, how do we know what dinosaurs ate? We just read their fossilized poop. Um, I, I that I only think about Jurassic Park, where he's like, that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> Um, um, so you learned something today, folks. So basically, it was described as one of the few creatures that had a thorough hatred for warlike predators, which explains uh, Anguirus's eagerness to fight Godzilla in the film, mm-hmm. al- allegedly. Um, speaking of roars, Anguirus's roar, uh, I find this stuff uh, very interesting. Uh, Anguirus's roar was created by using the sounds of a saxophone, a harmonica, an oboe, and a tuba. You know, this is going to be a, a debut segment for this podcast. I'm the, going to be rating yeah. the various monster roars we'll hear. And the monster. Uh, I want to think, and of, the monster you, too. think about we'll, the we'll monster. So uh, just just as the scale, uh, Godzilla's roar is a 10. Okay. I mean, that 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 is the all. Like, you got to... That's the roar you're competing with. And and for those of you who don't know, for the Godzilla episodes, I'm actually putting the roar of the debut monster uh, during our break segment. Um, so we'll be playing that, what the actual roar is later in the episode. But So yeah, so uh, Godzilla, yeah. It's, the roar of Godzilla is a 10. Yeah. Uh, I would put the Angiris, uh, I would kind of put it at a 6. I, I thought it was a very solid roar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it kind of got... Lost a couple times. On I can me. actually pull it up. Yeah, yeah actually, right now. Go ahead. Um, hold on. Uh, yeah, but continue talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of had you know a nice pitch to it. I felt like, and it, it is well, importantly, it was very distinct from the Godzilla roar. You know, it was very much you could tell who was roaring, which is always a good thing. You don't want to get confusion in your dialogue, but you know, maybe if we listen to it right now, I might uh, you know have another opinion of it. But other than that, right now it's about a six. All right, here we go. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of it's that high pitch. Yeah, I, I think that works. There's that little bit of a reverb in there, like that kind of almost makes it sound, you know. I just of like alien. how it's unique to it. Like oh, yeah. I think we'll find that all the kaiju's have unique uh, right. uh, roars. But what do you think of Angiris? Uh, Angiris was was a pretty solid, pretty, pretty solid first monster to introduce. You know, uh, it's not not doesn't reinvent the wheel too much. You mm-hmm. know, it um, very much is again very still dinosaur like. Kind of very much on the scale of a Stegosaurus versus a T-Rex fight, like that kind of classic image. 
of something that could have never existed because those two dinosaurs were two completely different eras. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt like, you know, it was, it was very, very solid. Very solid. Yeah. Not... not Overly impressive, I would say, just in the sense of, again, it was seemed like very traditional dinosaur, like nothing really unique about it. Right, um, yeah. And, and Geras is very, and Geras is always kind of like the, like, nobody's favorite kaiju, but you would be mad if there was an Anguirus. You know, it, like, that's kind of like, the, at least like the history I have To use with a sports it. reference that would be lost on you. Yeah. It, the, the, Anguirus is like the kaiju that, it's not going to be the MVP. Yeah. But it's it's the solid player. It's the kind of it's the guy you need on your team just to get you some numbers, and, and to kind of push things along. Uh, you're never gonna give it like the big contract. You're not giving it the big money. You know, he's not gonna be on the Wheaties box or anything. But he was, he's gonna be that guy. that's like, oh yeah, no, that guy, he was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, no, you, I think you're absolutely right. And I think what's actually also really interesting about it is I have to give them kudos for. In designing a creature, not just designing another Godzilla. Yeah, that is uh, very true. Which is very kind like, of using th- using the four legs to great effect and yeah, and it's like let's too. put it, let's really pit it against a a completely different monster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you you've described Angiris exactly the right way. Where and and actually, interestingly, Angiris uh, is one of the more popular kaiju um, and will show up multiple times in the Showa series um, and. Uh, does, and in the future, will kind of go on by being like at least one of the more famous uh, kaiju. He's yeah. like he's, he's like Bumblebee from uh, the early Transformers cartoons. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, well, you, you got to have Bumblebee. You got to have, <laughs> have Bumblebee. You got to have Angiris. Um, some other notes about the movie: This is the last Godzilla movie filmed in black and white. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And real quick, I want to save some of this information. We should bring that back for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Uh, I'm going to save some of this information from when we talk about the movie in a minute. But this movie, the more interesting story about this movie is that it is the most unique story of a U.S. version of the movie. Ooh. Now, that alternate title, Gigantus, the Fire Monster, um, is actually the U.S. Uh, title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, instead of okay. Going back real quick, when uh, this when Godzilla Raids Again was first made, instead of dubbing the film, the producers first planned to produce a new film in America titled uh, The Volcano Monsters that was uh, going to utilize some of the effects and the footage from Godzilla Raids Again. And, okay. and um, that was the original that was the original plan. Um, uh, Toho approved of the idea for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it did. Not to like, I don't know much about Toho's production, but it seems like they're the kind of people who's just like, yeah, <laughs> why not? Go ahead. <laughs> why, what? Why not? Which is so interesting because it's like you know, event like they they kind of have like a not a bitter rivalry, but a, like a, a friendly kind of rivalry with the American productions right. later on. And also, it is interesting too because you know we kind of talked about that the film was rather popular in America, at least like the version that you know Godzilla King of the Monsters seemed to do well, mm-hmm. and. You know, a, a, a reason was that they made the sequels because they had, you know, that kind of potential for right. Yeah, and audience. and they were, and I think they were more. I think they were very happy with the American reception of it, which yeah. makes sense. So it's just interesting they that it. they would be approve like something that would kind of take it away from, mm-hmm. you know, Godzilla. Well, they and, they, and they took it uh, above and beyond because Toho not only approved the idea, but they shipped the Godzilla and Anguirus uh, suits to Hollywood. Uh, in case the filmmakers needed to shoot any additional scenes. Oh, very interesting. Um, now, producer uh, Paul Schreibman, um, 
eventually oh and the and the producers in general just decided to dub the movie in yeah. general but uh there were a lot of uh, re either reshot or additional scenes uh, which we'll get to uh but Eventually, he took credit for changing Godzilla's name to Gigantus. Now, originally, and there's there's a di- there's a couple different reports about why uh, why this was. Originally, there were reports that uh, that the American uh, that that the American producers didn't have the rights to use uh, the Godzilla name, which doesn't make sense because they you know distributed the original yeah. Godzilla uh, movie right, and they made up the name Godzilla, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially. It was essentially. Um, and um, Toho approved of all the ideas, so it didn't make sense why they didn't that that reason that they didn't have the rights to the name. Um, and originally, eventually, it came out that producer Paul Schreiberman said we called it Gigantis because we didn't want it to be confused with Godzilla, who had clearly been uh, destroyed by the oxygenator in the previous film. Um, so that's nonsense, right? <laughs> I mean, because when you're watching the movie, it's clearly Godzilla. <laughs> I, very clearly. Could you imagine trying to get away with that today? Like, could you imagine if some producer picked up, you know, like a French film and then like a famous French film and just tried to completely change it? But not not even that. It's it, it would be like if uh, I'm trying to think of like a, what's like a good foreign film that came out like The Raid. Yeah. But see, no, it, it needs to be like something iconic. Like, let's say. Let's say like we gave Batman to somebody and then it's like, oh, and then it went over there and then it's like, oh, my God, everybody loves the Dark Knight, the Cape Crusader. And then it's like, all right, now uh, China is going to make a sequel to it and they're going to use the same exact suit. They may even use the same exact actor, but we're going to call him the Black Rider. (laughs) And it's like, well, but it's clearly Batman. (laughs) Right. But Batman clearly died. Taking the bomb over, <laughs> over the Gotham Sea yeah, or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, he clearly Gotham died, sea. and there's no way that he's somewhere in Europe with Catwoman. There's no way. So he died in that movie. So in here, it's the Black Rider, despite it still being Christian Bale, <laughs> and uh, he's clearly wearing Batman suit. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, so uh, essentially, this United States version became uh, known for just excessive uh, alterations through the original, uh, more so than the American uh, the American version of Godzilla, which contextualized things in a different way, but was essentially the same movie, mm-hmm. just kind of added the Raymond Burr aspects to kind of like show it, like oh, from the American's point of view, right? And they could you know give the audience a little bit of a different insight, right? Yeah, this one, uh, this one had just uh like additional scenes additional voiceovers dubbing and in a uh, surprising twist uh featured a dub dubbing work by george takai oh my <laughs> of star trek fame um and i'll get into more specifics about what was done to alter the film as we're talking about the movie um but one note was that in the that the producers took great pride uh, into using the same spinning headline effect uh, by the same people who did it in Citizen Kane. Hey, so you sl- know, slim pickings to take pride in. <laughs> the VFX work, dude. You know, the VFX industry has always been yeah, you know, right. 
very very tight right right um so yeah i mean so you know it, so it, it came out uh, as gigantus the fire monster uh was uh packaged in double features with uh different with a bunch of different movies one of which was rodan in some in some cases uh but to this day even though the film is you know as we're enlightened is known as godzilla raids again the american official title is gigantus the fire monster um which why <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you know, it, it, to, you know, to give them credit in all the posters I found for this movie, it doesn't look like Godzilla. Like it does kind of look like a weird Godzilla knockoff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that they're just like people like maybe if we just keep giving them the posters of this weird looking monster when they see the movie. Yeah. They'll just kind of imagine they'll project that this other weird looking monster is the monster seeing on screen and clearly not the monster from that movie from like you thought, last year. You thought it was bad when Adrian Brody was covered in predator dots in the Predators trailer. Well, this movie <laughs> tried to make you think that Godzilla wasn't even the monster. Do you think, like, I really want to go back and wonder if that worked. I wonder if, like, people... What, Predator? No, no, <laughs> no with, with Gigantus. I wonder, did people, like... I wonder if they really cared, though. Like, no, I wonder I mean, if they went in and, it, like, kind of like, oh, inter- wait, is this Godzilla? Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on kind of... Because we said that Godzilla, you know, King of the Monsters was very successful mm-hmm. in uh, in American Shores, but it would be interesting to see, like, in just if you went back in time in that period, like how much of a actual cultural impact that he had, you know, because it, it could be clearly too that someone, you know, just went to go see Gigantics the Fire Monster and had no clue that it was, you know, based on this other Godzilla movie. Uh, so it would be very interesting to kind of see kind of how how it worked it is very interesting though that like to this day it just seems like at some point you just rename it godzilla because it's clearly a godzilla movie and it's clearly part right. of this franchise it, it's nonsense but unfortunately speaking of nonsense uh i think it's time to talk about uh, godzilla raids again i think unfortunately <laughs> uh but we have a lot to talk about so let's uh, let's take, take a break, break. But of course, our big worry now is that instead of one monster, there are two. Heaven, help us. Our fate is no longer in the lap of science, but in the lap of the gods. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bonzilla. From our break. Break. Uh, um, Okay, so it is time to talk about Godzilla Raids again, a.k.a. Gigantus, the fire monster. But first, I would like to uh, open this discussion of this film, Godzilla's second movie, in which uh, far less uh, tragedies uh, behind the scenes than from Russia with Love. um, But more tragedies on screen. Well, I I would like to say that uh, many fans and people who have uh, looked at this movie um, said that one of the themes of this of this uh, sequel is that uh, raids. If uh, the original Gojira was the Hiroshima event mm-hmm. it, within that within the con- within the narrative, then this was uh, definitely the Nagasaki. And by that, I think they mean that this movie was a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man, and and I would like to issue a formal apology to. When I when we went into this movie, you know, for research, I yeah. looked at the American version, and then as I was Wait, did looking, you actually like watch it? Yeah, what? I watched it okay. like as research for the movie, and 
watching it and like you know looking at commentaries and interviews and stuff like that i was like man how like what what, what were they thinking what were, what were what were us stupid americans thinking when making this movie i would like to issue a formal apology to the u.s version gigantus the fire monster because i think they were on to something i think they got this movie and we're like oh no well you know <laughs> i want to go back really quickly <laughs> as much as i kind of don't want to i want to go back to your like nagasaki like comparison in, in all because- fairness the reason I brought that up is because seriously people kind of said like where, where Gojira was like the prime tragedy here was like some other tragedies within the narrative of the yeah. movie that you may not have that maybe not be as I famous think what as defines Hiroshima. this movie more than anything for me this is going a little bit early but I think it's a very clear image of like what Godzilla raids again is because there's because basically Godzilla and, and then Giris you know well, let's, let's go over the plot real quick. Well, since okay, we, so the plot, we, I mean, since we tend to do that. I mean, well, the plot of the movie is uh, essentially it opens up with uh, some uh, fighter jet guys. Well, it's another fishing thing. They're like looking at the fishing grounds, like it's a fishing. Right? Company. Yeah, because there's that whole weird plot in the movie. But essentially, uh, one guy's uh, plane uh, gets damaged, crash lands on this uh, island, and his buddy needs to go out and find them. Um, and when he finds them on this island, they come across Godzilla. And Angiris uh, fighting each other, and uh, therefore they come back to the mainland, and they reveal that you know that they are once again under attack by giant monsters, and that's essentially the plot yeah. of the movie. So Le- less so than I mean, like <laughs> almost in an embarrassing way, like because yeah. the first movie was like Japan gets attacked by a giant monster, and this one's like oh they get attacked by monsters, yeah. and it's. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so what defines this movie for me more than anything, and I think is a great start to our discussion, is so basically Anguirus and uh, Godzilla have this big fight in the city, and it's completely destroyed, mm-hmm. right? And there's a like a panning shot of the city destroyed, you know, kind of looks like what might have happened with the, with the nuclear bombs mm-hmm. coming off. And there's that moment where you're like, oh man, like this hasn't been as great, but that image is still powerful, just knowing the context of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's completely undermined oh, oh, by wait. the next ten minutes of marriage jokes <laughs> okay, and people right, laughing. Right. I, so I like, but there. that 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 defines the movie, and we'll definitely talk about it more in depth. But I think like that just gives a really distinct image of what this movie is. Yeah, it's trying to kind of capture that same kind of heart tugging magic. Yeah, and and tragedy of the original. But Does there's it? just. <laughs> But no, it, it's like it's trying. I think in some points it's trying to like little bits and pieces. You can kind of feel it, but it there's just so much nonsense and goofiness and there really and, is and not like, good goofiness, like really weird goofiness. There's so many times in this movie that I guess they think that like oh this is what's making the characters likable. Like at one point, like uh, there's like a romance between one of the. Uh, "Quote unquote leads." That was another thing. For a long time, I was like, "Who's the lead in this movie? Like, who's the main character?" There's like, there's Uh, kind of like an ensemble, but there's really not one person that stands out. I think it's like supposed to be the two pilots, but one of the pilots is talking to one of the uh, uh, ladies working at the radio station, and then, like, you know, they have this whole bit. It's like, "Oh, if you come home soon enough, my dad like loaned me the car for this evening, and we can go on on a date." And then this other, this other chucklehead lady like comes in, and she's just like. Oh man, you know, if my dad was the boss, I would be able to do what I want. And and the lady retorts at me, he's like, Oh, I'll get you a snack. And then the, and then the, the girl responds, it's like, Oh well, no, no problem here then. It's like, what what is this dialogue? Yeah, um 
And that's why it's like in the American version, it's kind of more of just like a, it's more of kind of like a more sensical teasing of it in the dub. But in this one, it's like, why don't you shut your mouth and I'll put a snack in it. <laughs> you, you fat asshole. Oh man, there's a <laughs> lot to talk about this movie. Uh, so it goes up. Uh, so we see Godzilla and uh, Angaris uh uh, fighting for the first time on the island. Uh, at one point, the two in, in the most underwhelming introduction of yes. Godzilla. Because because what happens is <laughs> so what happens in the movie. There is no is, pomp and circumstance no. to the Godzilla. Because here's the thing: what happens in the movie. What happens in the movie is like the pilot is, you know, going around the scene. He's like doing all this stuff for his job, and then his engine stops, and he crash lands on this island. And so basically my image in my head was just like, oh, he's going to be flying in the air and all of a sudden Godzilla is going to rise out of the sea and like bite him out of the air. And oh, it's going to be this big scene. No, literally what happens is that he gets he's, he gets rescued by this other guy and they decide to like camp out on the island for whatever reason, probably because it's too dark or something. It really wasn't explained like why he didn't rescue him right away because he seemed like he could. Yeah, at one but, point like he's just going to land his plane, his fully functional plane and everybody on the radio's like, "Be careful, don't don't die." Right. <laughs> it's like so, he's just going to land his plane. <laughs> so these two dudes are on the island and you kind of hear a noise and it's not like distinctly like a Godzilla roar, it almost sounds like another plane. Mm-hmm. And so they they like look up and like, "Oh, look. Oh my god." And they just like feel like Godzilla's head kind of poking out behind like the rock formation of the yeah. mountain and it's just yeah. kind of like oh i guess godzilla's there it, it especially was, considering at that point in the movie you're like oh but godzilla died in the last one as so. if like jim henson was creating his first fucking puppet like it's just it's just this weird kind of like eh. right yeah and, and then, then and then you get, comes out of nowhere right and it's just like it's just so underwhelming and there's no sense of like hey there's this giant monster None. he's just kind of peeking out like oh hey guys yeah <laughs> What are you doing on my island? Um, and the the fight ends by the two flying off the island into the sea. <laughs> they just kind of randomly fall in. Which funny story about that? Uh, when they were filming that scene, they had uh, uh, production assistants and crew and crew waiting there because as soon as they fell into the water, they had to cut and get them out. Yeah, because it's like two assume, dudes. There's two dudes in the suit. Um. So anyway, so they go back to the mainland where uh, they say, hey, there's two monsters coming to chase after us. And uh, Dr. Buzzkill Yamani uh, from the first movie comes up and he's like, there's no way to defeat Godzilla. <laughs> you know, here, uh, here, I'm going to show you clips from the first movie. <laughs> At I'm going to show you a good like five minutes of clips from the first movie, including my favorite little uh, model train sequence. It, it's I like, was really worried during the it's sequence. Like who was filming that? <laughs> I was really worried during the sequence because for a while it just seemed like they were weren't going to explain like why Godzilla like they, they were just going to ignore the ending of the first movie yeah they were, just because like they they wait on the fact like oh it's like a second Godzilla yeah it's like 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 another in this Godzilla species well, or whatever. And, uh, you know so because like, it was basically like to your point like I was just like oh like Godzilla died in the first one it's just like oh there's no way to defeat Godzilla we tried before we don't have any more oxygen to destroy I was like did but like, are we just ignoring, like, everything that happened at the end of the first movie? And then and then they go yeah. into it, and it's like, I guess it's fine. I mean, it's cool. I think it's cool that they kind of do it as a second Godzilla and not just, like, you know, superheroing it and just kind of bringing him back from the well, dead. Well, I mean, and, you know, there's something I will give credit to because it did kind of continue the theme, uh, like, the lesson that, doc- that this character, Dr. Yamani, was saying from the first movie that it's like, if, you know, this may not be the only threat that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we experience, and uh, ultimately, like, there may not even, there may be another Godzilla or another threat coming back, so I did kind of think it was cool that they revisited that, you know, they kind of had a sensible, I guess, pitch for a sequel, 
Yeah. Like, it, it kind of seemed like that little scene, as contrived as some as it may be, seems like what was kind of, like, in the mind to pitch a sequel for Godzilla and to justify it. Um, uh, and I like that that scene also continued the tradition of the first Godzilla film, which is just people casually reacting to just... The guys, I mean, there's a gravitas to the scene, but there's also that sense of like these two guys just said they just saw a giant monster and everybody's like, I, I, I guess. Yeah, people act with it with like the urgency of, oh, the place that we wanted to go for lunch today right. is closed. <laughs> like, right. Because like, they're just. Well, I mean, well, what are we going to do? Right. Because the guy like points like in the book, like, oh, that's the dinosaur I saw. And they're like, oh, I guess it's Angiris. That's what we worried about for some reason. <laughs> and then and then they go into the previously on Godzilla where they show the movie for now, a little bit. Now, this whole scene was um it was completely not 100 percent, but a little bit different. um They uh, originally what they did instead of showing just direct footage from the uh, from the previous movie. They used uh, footage from educational films from uh, the in the U.S. version um, from educational films about like the beginning of like man and the world. And they actually there's a clip of dinosaurs, and it's just an open field of Tyrannosaurus rexes. But you know those like weird inflatable Tyrannosaurus rex suits that we've that like, have been popping up online, for, like, like the popular the ones for the past like the Halloween costumes and everything. Like yeah, that? like that big. That's yeah. essentially it. Just looked like a bunch of those like walking around. Mm. So it's kind of like. Like, the whole U.S. version of this movie just really feels like, whereas the first movie was, oh, this movie makes sense, but let's recontextualize it so Americans can get it. This time, it seems like they got it, and it's like, well, we were going to make another movie, but I guess we're not going to, so I, we we got to make sense out of this. <laughs> so it's like, they're like, we can't just sit here with an absolutely no sound, just yeah. rewatching clips. Because that's the, the yeah, that's the other thing. Movie. It's like it's like five <laughs> minutes of them showing the previous movie with no sound to it. So it's just you watching like Godzilla kick a model train, and it's just like, what is happening? And then, and then the whole scene ends with it's like, well, what do we do, Doctor Yamani, to destroy this Godzilla? It's like, yeah, nothing you can do. It's like I'm gonna like, go off to Tokyo where I'm very safe now. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and it's just like it literally ends with a like, fuck it, let them fight. Which is, you know, I guess comes back forth and into the guy. I mean, they have some plans. They're like, oh, well, we'll drive it away from the city. But ultimately, it's just like, ah, oh, it's useless. Um, and then and then it's followed up by the weirdest scene. Well, not not the weirdest scene, but one of the weirdest scenes where, like, everybody's like, again, like, well, what are we going to do about this Godzilla thing? And it's like, well, if it comes to shore, it's going to destroy our uh, fishing uh, company in, in the docks. And then the one lady's like, now, if it destroys the docks, how are we going to eat our fish? And everybody responds to, ha, 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 ha. like, I, I was almost like, what? <laughs> There's a lot of laughing in this movie, and it kind of, as I've used the word undermines, it kind of undermines all the tension because everybody's having a good time oh like, yeah everybody's having a blast and then and then it like skips ahead to like this kind of like because uh, there's this whole subplot i guess between the 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 pilot and the this his one like you know this chick from the radio tower who he's in love with and then the second pilot who's engaged. trying to are, are they yeah like, who are these idiots I don't, I don't know um but uh <laughs> but then they're like they're like they're dancing in like you know kind of like this ballroom and then like the where, warning. where you know godzilla the musical breaks out <laughs> I wish. Starring Harrison Ford. And uh, the PA system comes on in the most casual Godzilla Yes, I was going to mention this ever. too. She's like, 
oh, Godzilla already just you know once destroyed Tokyo. So uh, not even gonna- that. It's like oh, attention, ladies and gentlemen, can we please uh, have everybody listening? Um, there have been sightings of Godzilla, and it has already destroyed this. Uh, so you may want to leave. Um, please uh, get your parking validated on the way out. Um, who, whoever is in the sedan, you're double parked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very much like, it's just very much like the most casual, like, by the way, guys, Godzilla's coming to destroy the city. Mm-hmm. You might want to, you know, head on out if you can. So the whole plan that they have is like, all right, we're going to use uh, flares to mm-hmm. distract Godzilla off of the mainland. Yeah. And I guess it's working for a while because Godzilla ultimately like, shows up. What's funny because there's like a really cool shot of like all these flares in the air. Yeah. And Godzilla kind of. That was qu- a cool effect. Ca- like, and, and Godzilla quietly, um, you know, kind of like looking at them. Yeah. And then it me- again undermines. It immediately cuts to the close up of the suit of Godzilla oh, roaring. It's, it's awful. I know, it's dude. It's so bad. Um, it's just like. It's, they try in a sense they try because they do like the thing where it's like you actually see him roaring in the the suit like yeah, thing yeah, but it's exactly. just I think you described it during the movie it just has like a goofy little like oh I I, would, I already I like broke out into laughter when it clo- when it, yeah. when it was a close up um so anyway while this plan is going on as they are uh, trying to drive them out of the, out of the uh, um back into the sea it cuts to a scene of a prisoner a truck full of prisoners trying to drive away yeah. Um, and that truck gets um, hijacked by said prisoners, and they escape the truck, and then it starts this weird foot chase between the police officers and the prisoners, and they ultimately, they get into a car, and then it becomes clear that this whole elongated five, seven-minute sequence of these prisoners escaping is only in there to create a scenario in which an accident occurs that draws Godzilla well, back to the mainland. It's the most convoluted, like... Contrived, like... What? The, the thing about this movie is that it keeps feeling like a bunch of different other movies want to break out, yeah. right? Because, first of all, like, the theme, the main theme, sounds somewhere between a cross between, like, a 50s comedy and, like, an Indiana Jones-style, like, adventure movie. Because it has, like, this horn that goes, like, you know, like, kind of this, like, trombone-type thing that just feels like like a banana, you just slipped on a banana peel. So that happens. the, and the origi- American uh, release that was actually completely replaced with just stock music. Yeah. Uh, so you have that theme, which is, like, this comedy adventure movie. And then you had the original Godzilla movie trying to break out. And, and just play. Yeah. And then you have this, like, crime movie, this, like, cops and robbers thing. And then later a romantic comedy just breaks out for ten it's minutes. so weird. It's like, it, it just feels like there's a lot of padding. It re- Honestly, it just feels like they had this, like, monster fight that they planned out. And then they had the rest of the movie to figure out. And so they're like, oh, we'll just do more with these human characters. This, uh, this, this part of the movie also had one of our favorite parts where a plane uh, gets destroyed by Godzilla, falls into the bay... And then has the most delayed explosion. Like it's clearly a model plane. It's just like, bloop. it's a model plane. Well, so what happens? There's a model plane, and then it bloops into the ocean. And then there's like a little squirt. Mm-hmm. And then like two seconds later, there's like the big like explosion. And it just looks so silly. I do want to talk about uh, what I did actually like about the movie. So eventually, like we break into full on Godzilla versus Anguirus in this part and it's it's definitely not refined yet the Godzilla monster versus monster action is clearly like oh there's like some cool things of uh like two guys in a suit fighting each other but because it's a little bit limited like once they tackle each other like they can't really do too much else um 
fun note is the special effects director wanted the fight scenes to be filmed in slow motion, but the camera technician accidentally uh, undercranked the camera instead of overcranking it, resulting in the action appearing faster. Um, oh man! So what and, a lucky break for them. And the uh, what the um, the effects supervisor liked the effect, so decided to use it in the film. So when you watch the film, it's this really like erratic, like well, fast paced action. Could you imagine if you got those suits in slow motion? <laughs> terrible. Oh man! Because you know what? what? A break. I, I think it works because I think that one of the few things that work in the movie is the ferocity of the action, and I think they do. Uh, achieve the effect that like oh here are two titans fighting each other while destruction is going on around them like the the yeah. scene where they where Godzilla like basically uh, throws Angiris into the the tower and then that crumbles beneath him and then actually the part where he's like grabbing onto his neck and I, I was saying like I was thinking at one point Godzilla was going to take a piece of a building and start shanking Angiris yeah. um, I I actually liked all that yeah kind no of that I, stuff. I I thought there were really like some cool bits I yeah. mean like and again like you said it's not really refined because there are some really there are there's some kind of parts of this fight that I kind of found. Uh, humorous as well yeah one is that like godzilla kept going into like the boxer reset like the rocky thing where he just kind of like has his little arms up and he's kind of bouncing around a little bit uh there's one point where uh it does really feel like two guys in a suit and it's like yeah i tackled you oh, yeah. okay let's get yeah. up and do this again. um <laughs> there was the one point where uh godzilla does his atomic breath on angiris Yes. And Angaris is like mildly annoyed, yeah. and like and it just looks like Angaris is getting like a shower, or it's one of those things where like you have like the hose and you're like spraying the dog with it, and the dog's like, "What are you doing to me?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so I and I definitely liked uh, some of the imagery they were using in the movie, where they cut back to the the girl looking upon the island being destroyed, and there's just like this big pillar of fire and smoke, right. and I and I thought that was that was pretty. And then confronting. she's uh, she's watching uh, another incredible newscaster. Uh, who kind of is again like the battle of the century? <laughs> Everything's destroyed again. Most of the people you love are um, probably dead. So Jap all the Jap Japanese really know how to hire their newscasters. From the first guy in the first movie, he's like, "I'm gonna die now." And right. This guy is like, "It's the battle of the century. We're all dead." <laughs> They really know what they're doing. Um. So anyway, so Godzilla kills Angiris in this scene. I actually did like all that that stuff. I yeah, thought I it mean, worked. It was, oh, and it actually, was... uh, they they had to film Angiris. Uh, the guy in the suit was yeah. actually on his knees. Um. So he was. He's always, if you look carefully, he's rarely shot. Uh, from a complete wide of seeing his entire body mm -hmm. uh, to kind of like more yeah. effectively show the quality. Yeah, I mean, nature. I thought the fight was interesting, but it definitely in comparison to that first. Uh, the Tokyo sequence in the first Godzilla, it yeah. just it does pale. It it in, in some senses it does feel like, like I said, in one sense it feels like there's a lot of padding. In another sense, it feels like they're really trying to capture kind of the magic of the first movie and kind of recreate it in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, but just kind of have you know failing with like less pathos yeah. and more just oh yeah yeah more I mean, fighting, it's, it's which done is like what you, with you none of the yeah. finesse or right. the purpose which of you, the first you, one. In one sense, like, you can't you don't want to do that again because like, yeah, the first Godzilla movie is very heavy in its emotions and its metaphor. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like when you're watching it, it just feels like a lesser version of the thing you've seen before. And you know what? All of this would be fine if the movie didn't derail <laughs> And Goes. I think this may be the most off the like this is like the model train yeah. from the first movie because I've never seen a movie in my life get so derailed because it, it's followed it goes up completely with, bonkers. And from so this Godzilla, point. Godzilla just leaves. He just leaves, and everybody's like trying to like you know get over like it's like oh like it's like what are we gonna do when the guy uh, in charge of the company and he's like don't worry I will rebuild. 
like, and, and I'm just saying there, it's like, no, you won't, you asshole. You'll underpay your workers and you'll get it rebuilt. Right. And then it like, and it, we get to that scene, like I said, you get the pan over the destruction and be like, oh man, no, this is still really powerful in context. And then it cuts to one of the pilots, Kobayashi, who apparently, uh, is a tragic hero in this movie, but uh, was dubbed in the U.S. version as a bumbling idiot, uh, which I kind of thought he was <laughs> already in yeah. this movie because he's got like this dopey look on him. Uh, and then they start talking about this nonsense of like him finding a wife, and he's like, "Oh, is there ever gonna be a girl for me?" He um, starts calling himself Mister Groom, and and. and <laughs> There's a line where the girls like, where they're like, oh, we're gonna have to like postpone our wedding, and the woman's like, well, the longer you stay engaged, the more fun you'll have, and everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. and I'm just sitting there, like, why is everyone laughing? And, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It would kind of be forgivable in a sense if it was just like a that was scene. It. Yeah. If it was a scene of them trying to like, you know, have some fun. This goes on for a good ten to fifteen minutes. At which point you're thinking, like, is Godzilla still in this movie? Oh, it's like everybody forgot because for the next, like, like it must be like 10 minutes. It felt longer. It's probably 10 to 15. Honestly, it's but 10 to 15 it's minutes. This whole, it's this whole segment of the movie where it's like, all right, they're going to go to this house and they're going to have, like, this, you know, the ceremony of trying to well, find a part wife. Of, and, part of it and is it's like... like but, and, and it has nothing to do with Godzilla. No, because they, they go to like, oh, like we're moving our headquarters to this other place. Yeah. And everybody's going to move. And then like they all reunite. Like, oh, like we're done with our work. We're rebuilding over there. And then they come together. And then, yeah, you have the whole, the whole thing that's like, oh, like why won't you show me the girl you like? And it's like, oh, like I don't know what to get her. And then they go but to the, the thing house. At this point dinner. in the movie, Godzilla just went away. They didn't beat Godzilla. Right, yeah. To the point that like when, like, you know, they come back and somebody's like, oh, like one of our submarines or our boats were just, uh, it was just destroyed, and it's like, well, we we don't know, but it could be Godzilla. What do you, what do you mean it could be? It's definitely Godzilla. Well, I remember Will and I were watching this movie together, <laughs> and there was one point where Will said, like, if they go one more scene <laughs> without mentioning Godzilla, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm very, as, as we talk about this series, I'm very forgiving about, like, you know, how much Godzilla and how much they pad the movie with it, but th- this was just, like... Oh my god, like what are we talking about? This was about? what I was talking about before. It's like again, another movie trying to break out. It's just like this romantic comedy tried to break out where she's like, Oh, he left his notebook. Uh oh, I guess I gotta see what his girl oh, looks like. Oh, and, and I guess I should mention in the US version, this is all cut out. Probably for the best. That whole subplot is just cut out of the movie, which is why I think when we watched it, I was a little bit taken aback because I hadn't watched the original version in a while. So I was like, what what is what is going on? What is so, happening? I mean, the rest of it, I don't think we need to get too in-depth of it. They basically find Godzilla. They locate him uh, back, to this, uh, back to this island um, in which uh, Kobayashi uh, kamikazes himself for some reason. Yeah, that was really <laughs> odd. Because the thing is, is like, he like they're going around the mountain and they're trying to like beat Godzilla. They're trying to like missile him or whatever, and it's not working because he's Godzilla. Yeah, and he just he's like gr- he grunts and then he turns his plane and again Godzilla just blows him up with an atomic breath and he crashes into the mountain. Right. Yeah, and it's like no, like what were you? What were you doing? Because I was I was thinking like oh was he was he trying to crash into Godzilla? But like clearly like whatever he's like it wasn't gonna work because Godzilla just snipes him out of the air and then. Then they take inspiration from him and be like, oh, we can create an avalanche. Right. And they go, like, they start trying to create the avalanche. Well, an avalanche happens, and then Godzilla gets stuck into what I called a ball, an ice cube ball pit, where Godzilla's just like, 
whoa! Like, Godzilla in the end, in this third act, looks just as confused as we did watching the movie. Because he's, like, he's, like, looking around. He's, he's like, like, what? What's going on? He's like, what are you guys doing here? Like, what is happening? No, because then they, they go back... And I have this really nice drawing of their plan. Yeah. Like, like someone at, on that plane team was really, really, like, solid. You know, probably shouldn't have been in that business. Probably should have gone in a monger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like, oh, we can make this, this uh, avalanche happen. And then, yes, the, 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 the uh, I kind of call it, like, the rock candy pit. Yeah, it kind of looks like rock candy. Like. Like, like, now, the scene candies. with the avalanche happening, that was legit ice. Um, yeah. that they were dropping on uh, Godzilla. Um, there, there's this one shot I told you to carefully look at where it's like up from the plane mm-hmm. and they're looking down at Godzilla yeah. and it's just like this weird, looks like a toy of Godzilla <laughs> just standing. The reason being is because it was supposed to be a, a mechanized, like kind of like walking toy thing, yeah. but they couldn't get it to work. So <laughs> Yeah, I think there was also, there was another aerial shot earlier in the movie with Anguirus where it just looked like this two toys yeah. just like going at it. So they couldn't um, get it to work. Yeah, um, that last action sequence was fine i guess it just it kind of went on really too long yeah because you kept having like the same shot of the planes shooting missiles like three to four times in a row mm-hmm. like the exact same shot of like oh like the left missile then the right missile and then you know it was just like it just felt like in a better movie no, in a better I mean, movie a lot of things would happen but in a better movie that that action sequence would have been more refined and it would have happened quicker i just felt like it, it actually, went on way too long it actually happens in other godzilla movies of using nature to fight godzilla which is actually not, is a, not bad a bad idea theme, yeah. like a nature versus nature um but in in this one it, it, it it's just so i mean ultimately i can't lie like at this point you're just kind of checked out yeah no 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 like i said like it's just it's just I mean, the whole movie felt like. It well, okay. Was very so, what are your what are your thoughts on the whole movie as we're wrapping? Up? Well, it's it's uh, we've we kind of discussed at the beginning that there's a lot of bad movies yeah. in, in the uh, in the in the Bond and Godzilla franchise. It's 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 nice to have our first bad movie yeah, out I, of the way. That's why I will give you credit with the Bond series. They 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 have least uh, and we have Goldfinger. Goldfinger next, coming right? up, and, yeah. And uh, and I enjoy that from because I've seen that one. Um, that they decide to pad it out with a little bit of quality that they're going First, to do yeah. this um, before it kind of goes off the rails. With this one right out the gate, it's just like th- this is bad. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like that last action sequence too being too long. It just feels like in a sense like this movie's probably not that long. But it feels, it feels real, so feels forever long. because it's just everything about it is so extended. It feels so padded. Even even that fight scene in uh, whatever city they're in, um, yeah, uh, you know that that kind of middle action beat where they destroy the city. Um, it's again a lesser version of their first one, and it also just feels longer. It also feels like it just kind of goes on, kind of the same thing too, because it's just like they. It feels like the Anguirus and Godzilla fight. Well cool in a sense it also feels like they repeat a lot of just like the tackling thing and like yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of like oh like the reset and like this whole yeah, like, it goes move, on too it, long. it, it goes yeah. on so i think feel like everything like the the romantic comedy weird stuff goes on too long the last action sequence the first action sequence the introduction to the movie it kind of takes forever to kind of get to because it's like because also it's just like oh he's flying his plane and then he's kind of like, oh, my engine stopped. And then he flies for a while. Yeah. And then you follow this other guy trying to rescue him. But you're like, it's never really established as some other guy. So you're like, oh, I thought his engine stopped. So it's just the whole movie just feels like like everything was too long. Everything was really padded. Like they they had like like the sprinkling of ideas, but they really wanted to get it out quickly. So they just kind of threw everything at the wall and right, just extended yeah. it. And th- and this makes uh and it, and it's interesting like kind of comparing this to the U.S. version where it does kind of look kind of it, it definitely does look like the job of 
of a different editor and a like a studio trying to make some sense. So of someone's it. trying to salvage like yeah. the good in it because it's definitely like a movie that you know if you got this movie, it's not like it's good as is. Yeah. Like, and it's not like you're, you're stepping on some like great vision. No, <laughs> it's just really. like, it's, it's, and even though I do, will say that the American release has some boneheaded decisions at one point, they overdub, uh, uh, one word with uh, banana oil. Um, because it was the closest thing to what the mouths look like. And it was essentially kind of context. The, it's not in the, the only reason you should be using banana oil is in like a cartoon with monkeys <laughs> or if it's a commercial for, for banana oil. for banana oil because in this one it's kind of like I think it's kind of like an oh my gosh or a, oh you're being so silly like I think at one it's like <gasps> banana oil I think that's what happens if I remember correctly oh my goodness yeah, um, like they completely they go back and forth in the American version of saying whether it's Godzilla or Angiris like they keep on misnaming they they keep on getting the names wrong of it um and i'm trying to think if there was anything uh yeah no there was like the oh and they they keep on uh uh, putting the roars in the wrong place so sometimes godzilla has anguirus's roar or vice versa why would you want to do that yeah well anguirus only has a six roar man yeah godzilla's uh, a 10 I wonder if we'll see any other tens. Oh along man! The way. Uh, wow. Um, all right. Are we so, ready for the? Are we ready to get past this? Are we ready to move out to the there, aftermath? There's not a lot in the aftermath because this was actually a little bit hard to find uh, actual quotes for it. So this is very uh, truncated. Um, generally speaking, uh, this movie was just poorly received, and I think it I would was, hope so. It was very clear and criticized for its rushed production. Mm. Um, it was very transparent in that, um, and actually, it put uh, the Godzilla franchise on hiatus um, until its next film in 1962. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah. Um, which it seems like that's what's interesting about Toho. Toho, I will give credit for. It does seem like that they are willing to. Like as much as they're willing to rush a production, they are just as willing to, uh, you know, let's pause and not do one for a while. Yeah. Um, but in that time, uh, they did go on to make other recognizable kaiju movies, uh, such as Mothra and Rodan, uh, two kaiju movies directed by Godzilla's original director, uh, Ishiro Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said in the beginning, this movie is cited, though, uh, by one redeeming quality by history and fans as being responsible for introducing the franchise's uh, defining feature of introducing another kaiju to pit against or team up with Godzilla. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, it seems like very, again, opposite ends extremes. You know, they go from doing a movie in six months to not doing it in almost a decade yeah pretty much yeah I mean, that's that really defines it really does kind of speak to a kind of a blessing and a curse of and of uh toho's kind of like casual nature to the franchise yeah because like, it'll be interesting a passionate to, casualness <laughs> to see uh again just in terms of our comparisons between the two franchises uh bond also has some significant uh down periods in terms of uh you know, they, they have a consistent schedule, but there are some periods where it's like the reset, where they take a couple years off, and then finally they cut the big comeback. And it seems like Godzilla kind of has that, too. It seems like you just need a couple years off to see if this franchise can do anything. And then, obviously, you know, the next film, yeah. uh, you know, has a has an interesting story to it, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting where they go from next time, uh, in which we will be talking about. Uh, well, I'll save that for the next time yeah, uh, that we're talking about it. it. As I said, 
I like kind of like some of like the fights and the monster actions. I still think there's a little bit of imagination that comes with uh, Godzilla, with Anguirus, which I think is, if you had to look at one successful element, it's probably Anguirus. And that they were able to still uh, tap into that imagination to bring in more kaiju, and then that goes on. But, wow, like, you know, it was just interesting, like, it, it, the... the dichotomy of going from the rich themes of the first one to yeah. all we do in this one is just make fun of the movie. Yeah, no, which I is mean, happen the thing, that's really the thing is just the first one is so strong. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really does when you, because it almost makes me, this movie actually makes me appreciate the first one a lot more. Oh, yeah. yeah. In terms of, of the emotion that it brings and the characters. I didn't say this out loud, but we were watching it. I was like, oh, the first one's a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, even like, even in the characters, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just in terms of the dynamics between as much as we make fun of the dude with the eye patch and the professor at some points too, it's just like there's there is an interesting dynamic between them that really adds to the movie and the And it's emotions. laser focused. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty And and it works as a metaphor. This one doesn't work as a metaphor, it doesn't work as a film. <laughs> and again, I can't contextualize it because I haven't seen most of the Godzilla movies, but yeah. I, I'll imagine when my rankings are done at the end that this will be near the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Well, that is Godzilla Raids again, aka Gigantus the Fire Monster. Uh we are uh and I guess uh the next episode we will be going back into the Bond world. What are we uh, talking about? Goldfinger <laughs> The man with the mightest touch. Goldfinger, man. All right. All right. Um, It's going to be a good one. All right. Well, until next time, uh, I'm Will. And I'm Nick. And keep on bonzilling. (laughs) Bonzilling. I'm trying to come up with a really cool, like, ending (laughs) phrase, but we won't know until, like, we're finished. The It'll probably be, like, the last episode. We'll just be like, oh, that's what we could have (laughs) said.